Let tampering season begin with Jalen Brunson to the Knicks and have the Utah Jazz found the right fix in their new head coach. Plus, we predict what's going to happen in free agency starting tomorrow. It's the Wednesday episode of Locked On NBA. Let's go. You are Locked On NBA, your daily NBA podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Wednesday edition of Locked On NBA, the daily podcast covering everything you want to know about the association. And on Wednesdays, I'm your co-host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter and the host of the Locked On Pelicans podcast. And I'm John Corrales, at John underscore Corrales on Twitter. And I host the Locked On Celtics podcast. Thank you for making Locked On NBA your first listen today and every day. It's kind of a busy season for the NBA here, and we're covering it all Monday through Friday, completely free like no one else here. We got a lot of free agency talk for you. Uh, John, are we going to tamper in today's show? Uh, (laughs) Yeah, Matt Moore has already uh, gotten to me and uh, is ready to take me to the Tuesday show. (laughs) <laughs> exactly are we are we gonna lead the way and be be like non what was the Kyrie Irving quote that's so insane that we we should aspire to be yeah uh something along the lines of normal something about normal people and then yeah we're the the, the people who are different lead us into tomorrow and then the key is this is the Kyrie Irving challenge the key is to say that weird abstract quote and then do something extraordinarily normal like the people who are different lead what us in tomorrow. Yeah. And just make yourself a bowl of cereal. And, and like, that's, you make this grand statement and then you do something completely benign. Yeah. That's the plan, right? So what we're going to do today to lead us into tomorrow, which is the start of free agency is talk about free agency and we can lead it off here with the New York Knicks very clearly making a run at Jalen Brunson trying to bring him in it's rumored to be five years a hundred million dollars like I don't hate the idea of Jalen Brunson in a vacuum and I don't think that's the worst price for him but the way they're going about this seems a little bit crazy to me well I don't think that he should be playing in a vacuum I think he should be playing on a basketball court I think that's step one so no I think (laughs) I think the idea of Jalen Brunson this is like I think we are all, all of us in the NBA kind of community are, are kind of, I think, feeling a similar way. We like Jalen Brunson. I think Jalen Brunson is one of those universally liked players. And everybody's just kind of like, yeah, man, that's cool. Like Jalen Brunson deserves a raise. He des- If he wants to go to a new team, he deserves that. And then you look at all of the machinations that the Knicks are going through, the very clear tampering that may or may not be going on here. And the, (laughs) um, the, the, just the numbers that are being thrown around hundred million dollars for Jalen Brunson. It's like, that's, that's a lot. I feel like that's just a lot for, for, for Jalen Brunson. And, and I will say this, that I I agree with the guys yesterday, uh, Matt and Tony, who, kind of came to the conclusion that the Knicks have positioned themselves to get clowned no matter what happens in this, in this scenario, they hit it right on the head. That's exactly what's going to happen right here, right now. Oh yeah. Trust me. So here's, here's the real or fake for today for you. And I'll explain this real or fake. The Knicks 
aren't tampering with Jalen Brunson right now because they, they're straddling the line pretty hard. Depending on it, you know, we don't know if they've actually talked to him or not, but what it was, the leak today was, was pretty great, right? Here, the leak was basically, here's what the Knicks are planning to say to him when they meet with him in free agency, that they'll let you be more of like a true point guard and kind of run the team. I don't know if you're leaking what you're going to tell him. That's not exactly tampering, is it? I do like we've entered into this weird, like Schrodinger's tampering or not tampering. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's... Okay, so it's not necessarily. Um, I don't know. I think it's I think so it's ridiculous. it's so weird because you're broadcasting. You are telling Jalen Brunson what the yes. pitch is. You are, but I guess you're telling everybody what the pitch is. You just go out there on TV and be like, "Yeah, we think we're going to offer him a uh, hundred million dollars, and uh, we're going to see what he says." But that is as blatant as tampering gets because you're you're basically telling the player. Here's what here's what it is. Like I I was joking before. If if I'm married and I say, look, I'm not I'm not getting divorced. But uh, if I was at a bar and like if I'm at a bar and I'm saying like to a, a woman, like if if I was here and just thinking about getting divorced and I was looking at a redhead at a bar and you know decide you know if she if she was interested in me then then maybe I. Like if, if, if then she goes, Oh yeah, well I am interested in you. Like, okay, then I'm getting divorced. Like, that's just kind of like, it's very yeah, obvious. Very like you're broadcasting it. Like, of course they're tampering. Jalen Brunson didn't just say, Oh, you know what? I think I kind of want to go with the Knicks. I'm just going to hope that they pay me enough money. Like it's been out there. They hired his dad. The exact role that I want. They like, hired in, his in dad. These things. So this is, that's where I get the, are they tampering or not? They hired his dad. And like, if you tell his dad, an employee, if, if you hold a team meeting and his dad just happens to be there and they say, well, let's see, let's plan a pitch to Jalen Brunson and blah, 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 blah. And hey, Rick, how did you get in here? Hope you don't say anything. <laughs> and then he goes back to his son and goes, yeah, you want $100 million? Don't, don't like, get us in trouble, please. Right. Like yeah, it's, it's, tampering. it's obviously it's, tampering. hard, but they they're can cover it to make it not tampering and lose a second round pick, but it's tampering. Right. And if they lose a second round pick, nobody cares. We're getting to a point now, Jake, where the NBA draft is only going to be 35 picks because, you know, 25 teams are going to get busted. 25 picks are going to be like tampering picks. They need these second round picks right now, though. This is why they're going to get clowned both ways for it, right? This is where it comes through. Everyone knows they're trying to sign Jalen Brunson. For $20 million a year, five years, $100 million. They made moves during the draft, right, to offload Kemba and play, paid kind of a steep price for that, I thought, to get rid of his contract to clear some room. They still do not have enough room, <laughs> as of today, for that contract for Jalen Brunson. So they need to move more players, which means you're going to need to attach assets to those guys. And the price is going to be a little bit steeper today than it was yesterday, because everyone knows what you're trying to do and isn't going to make this easy on you. They'll help you for the right price. And the Knicks are going to have to pay this. And this is why they're going to get clowned both ways, right? They, it's not just about giving Jalen Brunson uh, $100 million over five years. It's everything else that you're doing and all of the picks that you're including and all of the other moves that you're making, which is the equivalent of opportunity costs of other things you could have done. And it costs you more. So Jalen Brunson is not 
five years, $100 million, it's first round picks, second round picks, losing other guys that you could have had on your roster for all of this. So you spent way too much in all of those assets for Jalen Brunson and you get him in great, or you then don't still get him and you did all of that stuff anyway. So they get clowned either way and rightfully so. Yeah, I think I think the the, the broadcasting of their intentions now gives, now I'm looking at this from a team like Boston's perspective. The Celtics are one of the teams the New York Knicks might do business with because the Celtics are, they, they have a 17 plus million dollar traded player exception, which they could use theoretically to take mm -hmm. back Evan Fournier, the guy that they traded away. They could just take all of Evan Fournier back if they want. But what's more likely is they'll say Alec Burks, who makes $10 million. But here's, here's where the Knicks are are in uh, I don't want to say trouble, but where where they screw themselves a little bit because the Celtics have to send something out if they use their traded player exception, but they can also say, well, we want to pick from you now. We let's swap second round picks. Like we'll send you a, a, a protected yeah. fake second rounder, top fifty five protected, and then you got to send us an actual second rounder that we could use to turn around and facilitate a trade ourselves. And the Knicks might say, yeah, sure, it's the second round. But at some point, that stuff starts to add up. And when when a team like Boston, who might not normally be in a position to ask for an asset in addition to a player, they might say, hey, now, now we do want some because you need to clear space. And all of us know you need to clear space. So let's let's talk about what you're giving us and every little bit can make a difference. So, yeah, I think I think the Knicks, the Knicks by telegraphing this move, um, sure have have put themselves in a little bit of a disadvantage. So, I mean, yeah, I I wish I wish Leon Rose might actually come out and say something. He hasn't spoken in in a while, aside from a two years. Yeah, aside from like little tiny Twitter statements. So. I don't know. I, I, the Knicks, the Knicks. I can see kind of what they're trying to do with the Brunson, Randall, Barrett kind of like you've got your point guard, wing, big, dynamic. I like that dynamic. They have to shift some pieces around. And look, you shift, you 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 send Alec Burks out for nothing. You create a ten million dollar traded player exception for yourself. You go find a better fit with that later on, maybe in at the trade deadline or even later on in free agency, you can, you can maneuver and build a better team, but I still, I'm still not a hundred percent sure that this level of investment, when you all told is the right level investment for the right player at this time. Yeah. It's just, it's with everything else they're doing. I don't mind Jalen Brunson again, in a vacuum, just doing it, doing this thing with the contract. Good player. That's fine. Give him what he wants. This makes sense. You know, you have cat space, use it. It's everything else. And I think that's kind of the big problem. So, yeah, that's why we're going to laugh at the Knicks, whether they sign him or or not. And it sounds like they are because they're they're surely pretty confident in this if they're going to tamper to this 
degree. So we're going to switch from free agency for a second to talk about the Utah Jazz getting their new head coach coming from the Boston Celtics. So John's going to give us a rundown. That's coming up here next in today's episode of Locked On NBA. Before we get to that, though, today's episode of Locked On NBA is brought to you by Sakara. Feeling your best starts with what you eat, and Sakara helps you live a healthy, balanced lifestyle and truly enjoy it with delicious, plant-rich, transformational nutrition that builds a foundation for living in your best body. Sakara is a wellness company anchored in food as medicine on a mission to nourish your body through the power of plants. And they give you all the tools you need to transform your life with their organic, ready-to-eat meal delivery program and functional wellness essentials. And their nutritionally designed chef-crafted breakfasts, lunches, and dinners are made with powerful plant-rich ingredients, helping you boost your energy, support your digestion, curb your sugar cravings, which is always important, and get your skin glowing. Plus, it's all delivered right to your door, ready to eat. And Sakara's functional plant-rich wellness essentials help you create a body you love living in from their best-selling metabolism super powder to the foundation, their daily supplement packs. Sakara's products are designed to support your wellness goals anytime, anywhere. And right now, Sakara is offering our listeners 20% off their first order when they go to sakara.com slash locked on 20 or enter code locked on 20 at checkout. That's Sakara, S-A-K-A-R-A.com slash locked on 20 to get 20% off your first order. Again, sakara.com slash locked on 20. And thank you for making Locked On NBA your first listen today and every day. We're here Monday through Friday for y'all, breaking down everything you want to know about the association, whether it's free agency, covering the draft with all of our different hosts. And now, the Utah Jazz getting their man, finalizing a deal for Celtics assistant Will Hardy to be their new head coach. He's only 34 years old and is going to be the youngest active coach in the NBA. Is this what fixed the Jazz? <laughs> John, is this 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 going to be it? Um, well, I think it's a good step. I I, I can say that that it's a good hire. I think Will Hardy is a a really a, you know a good coach. I mean, you can also say, well, they had a good coach, but you know, look, if the guy's heart wasn't into it, and they weren't listening, or if the message wasn't getting through, or whatever it was, if if there's any little bit of a, a crack in that facade, then it's no longer the right fit. And, and so Quinn Snyder decided to move on. Will Hardy, I think is a good, a good voice to bring in. The question is simple for the Utah jazz. Are they going to buy in to his message? And I think his message coming over from Boston is going to be very, very similar accountability defense and ball movement, sharing the ball. It's going to be very similar. They, they are both, you know, I joked that Ime Udoka's coaching tree already has a branch, but it's really an extension of the Greg Popovich coaching tree. And what you're going to see is yeah. an emphasis on good team defense, which they desperately need. If they're going to keep Gobert, and we'll see how this summer goes, but if they're going to keep Gobert, they have to, they have to help Gobert. Like I, I'm, I'm one of his bigger critics, but I can also acknowledge that that perimeter defense is just god awful sometimes, and it puts Gobert in a really bad spot. And they just aren't good about helping him out after they put him in a bad position. So that has to be fixed, and those guys have to buy in. And I think the message to the Jazz is: Look, I came from the Spurs. I came from the Celtics. The Celtics just went to the finals. And the most important element, Jake, is the Celtics had some of that kind of 
disappointment last season that the Jazz have been dealing with, they, in the middle of the season, got over that disappointment. So I think part of the hire by Danny Ainge, who still is very much well-connected to the Celtics, part of that hire is to get somebody in with the experience of a really tough season, really tough dynamic, and what it took to get guys to buy in and turn things around. Because that's very much what the Jazz need to do. They need to get guys to buy in to a common message so they can turn things around. They're still a really good team. They have their flaws. But if they can buy in and listen to some of those things that I think Will Hardy's going to teach them and get them to do, then they could they can put themselves at least in a position to stop having some of the collapses and, and some of those disappointments that they've had. I think you nailed it. I, th- I think you nailed it, right? With the Utah Jazz, it, it, it's going to be tough for them to completely overhaul their roster, right? If you're not trading away Donovan Mitchell, there's only so much you're going to be able to do in a Rudy Gobert trade, just given the massive amount of money that he's making. And teams just don't want to kind of commit those type of like that percentage of the salary cap to a center that, you know, hurts you in the postseason that can't play really out on the perimeter has his issues there, right? So you've got to make this change somewhere else for and at least try it for a year. And that was going to be the head coach. That's one of the reasons why Quinn Snyder stepped away. This was just kind of one of those things that felt like it ran its course. You know, he'd been there long enough. Maybe the message was getting stale a little bit and you need to just bring in a new voice to try and kind of reinvigorate these guys. And they go with the kind of the opposite direction. Right. You know, um, it, what's uh, Quinn Snyder was 55, 56. You're going with a 34 year old. So someone young, maybe someone who can relate to these players a little bit easier than Quinn Snyder did. And what you're hoping for is not necessarily like dramatic changes, right? Wholesale changes to this team because they were good. They were 30, uh, 49 and 33 last year, right? If you can get them to buy in, as you said, and you said that a couple of times, and that's the big thing to buy into what he's doing and get five, 10% more out of the same roster. That's still a really successful season and a good team. And maybe that's just enough if some things break your way, injuries to other teams and whatnot, to kind of get you over the hump and at least get you further than you were before. And that feels like what they're trying to do here, which given the limitations of how do you reshape that roster and still become like a you know a borderline title contender, I don't think they have the option to do that or any avenue to go through with that. So you go with the guy that maybe can just kind of reinvigorate these guys to a certain degree. And it sounds like from what you're saying... You know, Will Hardy can definitely be that guy and having just gone through some of this with the Boston Celtics. Yeah, look, Will Hardy has been in discussions for a while. Um, it's very much been Will Hardy Will Hardy mm-hmm. and Ime Udoka out of that Spurs bench um, that were both among the, the potential candidates for head coaches for a while. This isn't the first job Hardy has interviewed for. And it was, you know, the Celtics wasn't the first job that, Ime had uh, interviewed for. So I think I think the experience for them, the failures in their interview process um, has has kind of like helped them out and got them into a position where this this jazz team is going to benefit from that entire experience, getting them to the right situation together and to take to take the Spurs experience and that Celtics experience and apply it to some of what the Jazz are trying to do with a guy that's, I think, in tune to some of the newer kind of concepts in the NBA. Like, he's not married to some of the older stuff. I think he's thinking of things in a new way. He's he's come along 
Like he he really has been in the NBA for the entirety of the three point evolution. And I think a lot of what he's been geared towards yes, is he has. how do you take advantage of that? And the Celtics have been kind of how do you how do you work within that with a different type of roster? And and I think maybe one of the appealing things for the Jazz was, well, Robert Williams isn't a three-point shooter. He's a he's a rim-running, shot-blocking guy. We have one of those. You know how to work with one of those. How do you do it? And I think you can you can kind of steal from some of what the Celtics are doing to kind of work that in. And I think just the further development, if you can take Donovan Mitchell and say, okay, if you can improve your game the same percentage that Jason Tatum improved his game over the course of the season, where he became more of a playmaker and and was accepting of double teams and made his teammates better. If you can kind of open up that part of your game a little bit more, then then maybe that can be kind of a, a, a similar blueprint to success in in Utah. But I think the bottom line is what makes guys like Hardy and Udoka and other young coaches successful is that they're not married to a system. This isn't this isn't Mike D'Antoni. This isn't like certain guys where you come in, you're like, okay, we're doing it this way. Here's my system, and it's proven it works. Let's go do it. I think the best coaches, the best of the best, are the ones who can say, all right, what do I have? Oh, I've got a, I got a Rudy Gobert here. I got a Donovan Mitchell. Let me see what I can do with one of these guys. Let me put, let me let me sprinkle something in. It's almost like an episode of Chopped where they give everybody a basket. And you pull out the ingredients, and everybody goes, hmm. And you got to make something with these ingredients. Like, he's got to come in here and make those ingredients into something different. And it's something that the Jazz need, and I think that he's he's the right kind of guy to do it. I think he's so well-respected in Boston. He's so highly thought of already after a year in Boston that I think I think he's he's a good hire. No, it's, it's, it's tough to grade hires, right? Unless they're retreads, I, I don't really have much of an issue with these sorts of hires. I kind of like these kind of new guys coming in and trying to do it. And it's just one of those things with, with time. And as you said it, right? Like, I like that he's this improvisational chef here, ready to, ready to cook up whatever for the Utah Jazz and, and mix them up. Um, so you need just to get a new voice in there. That's definitely what it seemed like after Quinn Snyder. And we'll see if Will Hardy's the guy, but it certainly seems like he's well-regarded around the league. And go listen to the Locked On Jazz podcast now for more to kind of break this down because this was one of the more intriguing stories I thought of the offseason. But the offseason is rolling on and that means free agency. So we're going to run through some free agency predictions coming up here next in today's episode of Locked On NBA. Before we get to that though, today's episode of Locked On NBA is brought to you by BetOnline.net. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. So you can find all the latest sports developments, league reviews and news, including this year's NHL Stanley Cup Finals, which just ended. You've got Major League Baseball Big time fights coming on. So betonline.net is your continued source for all your sports wagering information and news, including live betting, esports, and whatever scores it might be. And it's also the fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your favorite sports and events, including MMA, boxing, and golf. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action over at betonline.net. Betonline, where the game starts. 
And thank you for making Locked On NBA your first listen today and every day. And don't forget, we're going to have amazing coverage of everything free agency on all of our team shows. Locked On Pelicans, Locked On Celtics. Whenever there's a big story, you're going to see our guys breaking it down. Make sure where you're following us all on social media. It's at Locked On Pods Network, at Locked On Pods Net. We're going to have a ton of stuff on there. Make sure you're following on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. All right, you ready for like full-on tampering season to actually start where we get all of the things breaking all at once and no one had these deals done ahead of time? So, John, you want to do a little bit of predictions here with me? Sure, let's predict the future. <laughs> maybe, maybe ones you don't want to do, <laughs> right? Like, what, what's going to happen to James Harden here? <laughs> oh, yeah, James Harden. He's, he's, like, does anyone want that? No, no, he's sticking around. I don't think – I think the question with Harden is um, – how does he stick around, right? Under what circumstances, like, does he opt in yeah. or does he opt out and resign? What's I think he opts in personally, and then they deal with the rest of the long-term stuff next year. Um, and then the the only thing that they can really consider is if you if he if he can accept that, hey, I don't have a whole lot of big contract left in me if they say all right what we're gonna do is uh if you opt out and we'll resign you to a longer term deal where you actually end up netting more than you would have with the one big 40 plus whatever that number is um and then next year is going to be 20 and the next year is going to be whatever like whatever that number is will give you more over the course of four years than what you would get over the course of your normal four years. And the, the, the reason why they, they might be able to convince him of that is, A, he might be able to just look in the mirror and go like, yeah, I should probably lock this up. And secondly, by knocking down his, his number for this upcoming season, they can maybe go out and sign some help and they can say, hey, look, We'll, we'll take care of you on the tail end if you take care of us on the front end and we'll get you some help and we'll make ourselves a legitimate championship contender. Yeah, th- so that's the question for him, I think, right? Is he, is he wanting to help the team or is this just about get all of the money you can? If it's about getting all of the money you can, you opt in for $47 million and then you sign a new big deal right after that when there's going to be a, a jump in the cap and you get more. You sign a five-year max for 270 right now the, the as much as Philly probably doesn't want that, and I think that feels kind of crazy for any team to do, that's better than the alternatives for them, signing him to a big money deal next year. So I think they're probably hoping for that. And it just depends on, you know, how, how game is he to help the Philadelphia 76ers. Bradley Beal going to stay with Washington and just kind of ride his career out into the sunset there? I think I think he'll give him I think yeah, he'll give him one more season. Like I think give him one more shot, season. Right. Right. I think it's one more season. I think Beal's going to play the game here and say, yep, I'm going to opt in. I'm going to get my big payday because this is the only way to get his big payday. I think he said he's opting out, and so he's going to be a free agent, and then it's, I think he's just going to re-sign there. But I think he said he's declining the player option. We're all expecting that. Right. Decline the player option. Get the so – I'm he, sorry. Yeah. I might have misspoke yeah. before. Decline the player option. Sign the bigger – free agent deal yeah. <laughs> with Washington. I don't even know what I said before, but that this is what I meant to say. Sign the bigger free agent deal with Washington and then yeah, give them one more year. Like I'm saying like 
give them that first year of the deal and say, okay, I'm yeah. signing, but I'm signing to get my money. You guys still don't have like five years, like do it now, or I'm going to, I'm going to want out. And which would really challenge the limits of player agency where there might've been some of that with Kevin Durant this year. But if a guy re-signs with his team and says, okay, I'm here, here's the long-term deal, five years. And then after a year, he's like, nope, I want out. Um, I think that would really, really be a challenge to the union, to the league to say, okay, you, you, there's gotta be something. There's gotta be something within these contracts and the new collective bargaining agreement where they, they maybe make, maybe you make the first year of a deal or the first two years of a deal and no trade clause or something like that, where if you've signed somebody to five years, you've got them for two years. Like you can't just sign somebody and be like, Oh crap. Um, which I don't know, maybe, maybe that's not a great solution, but my point is Beal, Beal could be a real interesting test case if Washington is mediocre again and he's like, that's it, I'm out, when he's got four years left on the deal. Yeah, I mean, that's that's, that's just something that we'll probably talk about in the offseason when it's a little bit slower, but you're going to see some of the things with the CBA kind of like push to the max, the breaking point with with some of these things, and that's definitely, definitely one of them what could happen with Bradley Beal here and that's going to end up leading to a lockout and these negotiations being fierce let's jump to one that's a little more interesting what do you see happening with DeAndre Ayton I think he's going to end up back in Phoenix because it feels like his market kind of dried up a little bit with the Phoenix or with the Detroit Pistons getting their center through the draft yeah I, I think I think Phoenix has to make sure that that's how it goes Right, because that would be a very bad thing for Phoenix to have happen to them. So I don't know where he goes. There, there could be some. There, there could be some suitors. Um, I think what would happen is uh, he he could decide to go somewhere and and request a sign and trade, um, where the Suns would accommodate him because um, they would get something back theoretically something significant because of the, the type of money that he would get. So um, I, I'm not mm-hmm. ready to say his market has completely dried up just yet, but um, I still agree that the Suns the Suns are in a, a, a spot here where, I, and I'm still not 100% sure that paying Aiton is, is like he's going to really live up to that entire contract, but what else does Phoenix do? Phoenix is kind of stuck. And if they're going to make one more run uh, with the final year of Chris Paul's uh, contract, then you kind of have to have this because you got to have somebody out there that can score. You can have like Booker, obviously, but clearly Chris Paul isn't going to be like, they, they need to seriously not kids gloves, bubble wrap, um, every little kind of thing to protect uh, Chris Paul's health, everything they can possibly do. You play him 15 minutes a game if you have to. You just cruise through the season. You don't have to worry about the number one seed or all that stuff. And you just let Aiton and Booker be your two main guys, and you just let get him just enough CP3 to still be a good team. And then you ramp him up, and hopefully you get him healthy for the playoffs. You got it. You got to find a way 
to keep Aiton because I don't think the alternative really is great for the the Suns. No, right. Like it, I think what's going to end up happening to him is maybe someone makes him an offer in free agency. But again, I think that's starting to not be as great as it once was, but they still probably don't want this to kind of hang over the team for a while. So, and even if anyone does, they just match, right? Like they're not going to let him walk for nothing. And so this probably ends up with him being back for a little bit. And then if it's really that sour of a relationship, you, you trade him, you trade him next season at some point or the season after that, depending on what protections there are in the contract and things like that. And that just kind of fixes all of this but they can't let him walk for nothing because there's almost no recourse for them. And that would be just a bit of an outright disaster. Similar to what we, you know, people were talking about with Kyrie Irving and the Brooklyn Nets, if he just left and they got nothing in return and it didn't seem like there were going to be any good sign and trade scenarios, which probably led him to being a leader and just opting back into his deal there. So yeah, I don't know if, if really this is going to be like an exciting free agent class. I don't know if we're going to see a lot of changes, right? Like we could run through some of these other names here and Zach Levine and some of the other guys, but it just feels like people are going to kind of stay with their teams because the teams that have cap space, like have just are not appealing to really try and go to. You think this is going to be kind of a quieter free agency period? I, I don't, I, I, hmm. free agency, I don't think is going to be, like, I don't think a lot of guys are switching teams. Like, the bigger names, and there are not a ton of big names out there. Like, we're, we're leading mm-hmm. off with Jalen Brunson, for yeah. God's sake. Like, that's – if you're leading off free agency with Jalen <laughs> Brunson, and, like, again, I like Jalen Brunson, but if that's the big free agency, if that's the first domino in free agency, then, you know, it's not a great free agency summer. So then I, I think I think what we're going to see is – a bunch of role players changing hands. I think we're going to see some salary cap clearing. I think we're going to see some teams kind of trying to remake their benches. I think we're just going to see some kind of, it's not going to be, it's not going to be sexy at all. If anybody watches uh, always sunny in Philadelphia, the episode where they, they are making news and they go to the, the the fish market where everybody's just passing the same fish back and forth. I think that's basically going to be what free free agency and trades are going to be this summer. It's just going to be a bunch of the same fish being passed back and forth. I, I don't hate that analogy. I kind of dig that one, actually, with what, with what it's going to be. It's just not like a fun free agent period. If anything, you might see some trades that shake things up. But like, it feels like most teams are going to be shopping through trades and things like that as opposed to actual free agents, though they'll find spots. But as you said, it's kind of a bunch of role players there. That's probably as good of a spot to end it as any, right? It's going to be a disappointing free agent class. So we'll be covering it all, though, because these things are going to matter for your favorite team. So go check out your locked on uh, your local locked on podcast there. So on Wednesdays, I'm your co-host Jake Madison at Nola Jake on Twitter and the host of the Locked On Pelicans podcast. And I'm John Corrales at John underscore Corrales on Twitter, host of the Locked On Celtics podcast, where we're going to be talking about that exact same stuff. What do the Celtics do with their TPE? And what role players do they get? This is all of this unsexy stuff we're talking about. That's my podcast, baby. <laughs> hey, those things actually matter. That can help you, you know, not lose a finals in six games or something along those lines. You know, that team seems pretty close. So I think it makes sense, right? Who are they going to add alongside Zion Williamson? What shooter will it be? That could make or break a team. It's going to be fun. It's a fun time of year. So thank you all for listening to the Wednesday episode of Locked On NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.